Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to continue our series of That One Play episodes. And tonight, we have one a lot of people have probably forgotten about by now, and that is opening day of 2014, Steve Smith's 80-yard catch that put the Ravens ahead of the Bengals late in that ball game. And here to talk about it with me is Brad McGowan. Brad, how are you doing? Doing great, Ken. How are you? Always great to have you on. Uh, look forward to our discussions always, Brad. But I, I, I kind of want you, you picked this play for a certain reason. Kind of tell us, you know, why, first of all, and then lead us up to the moment and, and why this was a significant moment for you. Sure. Um, I picked this play for a number of reasons, but I think the primary reason is that Steve Smith was possibly my favorite veteran player that the Ravens ever signed late in his career. And he, if he'd have been a Raven, his whole career, he'd have probably been at least top five Raven for me, but I just loved his tenacity and his fire and his toughness. And this play epitomized that. And when I think about the current Ravens, I could, I think we could really stand for some fire and toughness in the receiving room right now. I mean, it's, it's one of the things I remember Marshall Yonda talking about at the podium. He's like, they, they just had a fight, I think, in camp, which happens in, in camp. You get some little things going. Sometimes you get a really big one, but they have some, they have some little fights that happen. And, and they asked Marshall, who's the player on the team you don't want to get in a fight with? And he goes, I don't know, probably Steve Smith. <laughs> you think about the difference in size between these two, but Steve Smith, just a very tough dude. And, you know, you wouldn't want to have to try and peel him off yourself if, if you were in Yonda's position. In preparation for this pod, I, I just indulged myself in watching Steve Smith highlights. And 5'10", 190-pound guy. He was fast coming out of school. But, uh, I mean, at his first touch of – I think the first touch he ever had in the league was a kick return for a touchdown. Um, so he played special teams. But, man, he was so ferocious. And the way he attacked the ball in the air – and was a complete wide receiver at his size is, is so impressive. I mean, he's eighth all time uh, in career receiving yards. And, you know, one of the things I've bemoaned about some of the receivers we've had in the last several years, the folks that we've drafted, even the ones that are really good. I thought Hollywood Brown was a pretty quality receiver, but we, even the bigger guys just don't attack the ball the way that Steve Smith did. And just the attitude and ferocity that he brought to the position is uh, it just was incredible. And I remember this was the, this was the the opening opening game of the 2014 season, but I remember exactly where I was once Steve Smith had been released the fall, the previous spring when, when it was announced that Baltimore signed him, I remember specifically where I was. Cause as soon as he was released, I thought that's a guy we should go get because his attitude embodies what it means to be a Raven. I thought, you know, and rewatching his highlights, 
he was made to play in the AFC North. Yeah, he, he definitely had that attitude. There's only been one other receiver I can really remember the Ravens having who had his degree of toughness, and that was Anquan Bolden. You know, Anquan Bolden going up for the ball on third and one in the Super Bowl and just taking it away from Culliver. And I, if, if Culliver hadn't gotten his arm out of there, I think he would have taken it right off. It's just the thing. The, the, the way he stood over the uh, the Patriots, uh, the Patriots in the end zone, right, right, yeah. right under the goalposts on, the, on a couple yeah. zipper plays that he went up to get. I mean, just – exciting as hell and and uh, obviously that kind of uh tenacity very fun to watch uh but but all the other receivers even the good ones n- none of them really had the toughness tory smith and uh michael jackson and uh Derek alexander and uh Kadri ishmael good receivers all of them nothing wrong with them i take any of them right now for certain but uh uh none of them had the same tenacity yeah i'm glad you mentioned bolden he's he's the other you know the other top end uh, veteran that we signed, in my opinion, that I always loved um, a, a guy tough as nails and both, you know, I think they were similar. They were late, later stages of their career. Bol- Bolden was younger when we brought him over in the mm-hmm. trade, but both of them were, had physical limitations. Steve Smith was undersized and Bolden, I think famously ran a four, seven 40. He, he definitely didn't have all that when he came to the Ravens. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and both of them were such ferocious competitors, so tough. Um, I remember uh, the, the, we're getting a little bit off topic, but I remember a play from Bolden's career when he was in Arizona and he ran a post against the jets and got hit head on by Eric Smith, the safety. And I'm pretty sure he had to be taken off on a stretcher and he had to have his face Perfect repaired. Job. Yeah. Yeah. And he played, I think a week or two later, like talk about toughness. I mean, those guys were incredible. It's, it's a little bit like people my age may remember Muhammad Ali had his jaw broken by Ken Norton and finished the fight. And that, that was fairly incredible for its day as well. And then came back and, and it wasn't his next fight. I don't think, but it might've been like two fights later is the, is the fight against Foreman that he, that he won in the rumble of jungle. So uh, I, the other thing about Steve Smith, I want to go back to for a second is that the 2013 off season was much like this off season for the Ravens. The Ravens don't have any money to spend on, on anybody. In fact, they have to figure out which cuts they have to live with uh, today. Uh, they let Calais Campbell go. So we're recording this on uh, March 13th. And, and we certainly have no reason to expect the Ravens are going to sign anybody. So had a little bit of a discussion about, about wide receivers today. And, you know, I was like, basically the other thing that happened today, Josh Oliver, Signed to a big contract by the Vikings, which is is frankly I unbelievable. Was, so, I was I was shocked at that contract. And and last year, you know, he wasn't on anybody's make the roster list. I mean, he was he's the big upset that busted everybody's you know entry. And now he you know not only does he make the team, great year as a blocker, does some things as a receiver for the first time as a Raven with about fourteen catches, I think it was. Uh, some of them for, for, you know, for decent distance and whatnot. And all of a sudden there's a market for him. He's going to leave the Ravens, generate a compensatory draft pick, which is unbelievable. Well, anyway, I, I posted that, you know, first of all, we need to wish Oliver the best just because he played hard for the Ravens. That's enough. But it, it, not only that, if he, if he plays well and continues to play well for the Vikings, it's a good thing for the Ravens because they'll get a higher compensatory draft pick because that's part of the formula is how well he plays in his, in his first year with the, with the Vikings here. But uh, it, it, I, I posted that and I said, you know, we, we should wish him the best. And, and somebody posted back that that um, if the Ravens get a compensatory draft pick for Josh Oliver, it will mean they have not addressed their wide receiver 
problems in free agency. And I'm paraphrasing slightly, but what do you think is going to happen? There is no signing in free agency coming up a wide receiver this year. At least I don't see it. And by the time this airs, which could be a month from now, I could already be wrong, but more than likely I'm already right. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I, I frankly have no idea where, where we sit right now. We're in between the legal tampering period and the formal uh, kickoff of the league year, which is in a couple of days. So uh, because Lamar doesn't have an agent or rather because he is tagged, teams cannot negotiate with him until Wednesday. So frankly, we have no idea what's going to happen. I think the thing about the situation that is the most frustrating to me Uh, Lamar has every right to try to get the best deal out there for him. That's his right. And it is in his best interest to do so, but it makes the way his scenario with no agent just makes it so incredibly difficult for the team to conduct the rest of their business. And I I haven't really heard anyone else in the media say this, but I, 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 I believe one of the reasons that he is not as desirable on the open market by other teams is because it's so hard to do business with a guy like this in this situation. And even, you know, I saw someone post on Twitter, Deshaun Watson got that fully guaranteed deal and the Browns were able to renegotiate that deal to free up a a ton of cap space. Well, he has an agent. Lamar hasn't really um, given any indication that he is open to negotiation like mid season, mid contract or any of those things. And that's just so difficult for a team that has to balance a roster of, you know, 53 players sure. to manage that with an I, unknown like that. We, we need to get back on track with, with the play. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you about, about a lot of the things. And I think this, the, the Lamar situation is so complex. It's an hour discussion about what's going on. Uh, but part of the, part of the problem for other teams is, is not just that Lamar doesn't have an agent. It's that in addition to whatever they pay him, they have to, the, the Ravens have the enormous negotiating advantage of those two first round draft picks that they have to yeah. pony up in addition yeah. on the deal. So why, bid up a quarterback market you know when you have to get a quarterback a higher lamar jackson contract with the ravens means you're going to have to pay more for whoever your guy is the the raiders i think did the smart thing today they went after jimmy garoppolo and signed him and uh and that deal looks really cheap by the way 22 and a half million per year uh yes it looks really cheap to me honestly if you want a game manager he might be uh and he might have been a good guy to to try and get Absolutely. Anyway, Brett, let's let's come back to Steve Smith and this opening sure. day catch against the Bengals. So t- t- in, in 2013, obviously a down year for the Ravens. Uh, we went into the offseason because the point was that they didn't have an option to, hi- to, to sign anybody in the offseason. But 2014, their first big signing after the kind of the moratorium and the Flacco contract got figured out and all that was Steve Smith. Yeah. And so coming one, one of the other reasons I wanted to talk about this this play specifically but this this team the 2014 ravens they finished third in the division but this was the team that lost to uh the patriots in the divisional round and the famous illegal slash non-illegal formation game and they had two 14 point leads in that game they lost 35 31 and the pats went on to win the super bowl that year beating seattle so this was probably you know by the end of the season this was one of the best ravens teams post Super Bowl before Lamar got there and had a really good shot. So this was a really good quality team. Um and go uh yeah. and going into week uh, one. I, I I'm yeah. just gonna say a lot like the 2014 teams, a lot like the 2022 team. They were good enough 
They, they frankly were the best team in the AFC North, if, particularly if you look at things like point differential or any number of factors that you might look at. They were a lot better than Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and still managed to finish third, which is disappointing, obviously. And, and uh, this Cincinnati game, frankly, was the difference. This, this opening game lost to Cincinnati um, uh, despite the Steve Smith touchdown. But tell, talk, through, talk us through that game and, 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 and the play in particular. Sure. The, um, so it was a home opener against the Bengals. The, the team started out, Baltimore was quite flat. Flacco was pretty bad in the first half. Um, the Bengals kicked five field goals in the first half, and Baltimore had a chance um, to go for the end zone on the last play of the first half, and Flacco scrambled, lost track of time. and got Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Got sacked. with time running out we were in position to kick a field goal and so we go into half down 15 nothing to the hated Bengals. and this was of the the Bengals era teams there was the chad ochocinco and the hushmanzada era that gave the ravens fits there was the vontez perfect aj green era that this team was and then there's the current you know joe burrow jamar chase era and i think the vontez perfect era Bengals was probably my most hated rival uh they were just incredibly chippy and he uh embodied chippiness and that was this team in this time it's, it's, to me this is the the carlos dunlap um era as well and the Bengals had their way with a four-man pass rush against the ravens and that's where a lot of joe flacco's problems came is is it, when he was throwing into his own defense you had flacco where you wanted him a lot of the time he, he he has tremendous arm talent tremendous arm strength but if you can rush the passer with four and have seven in coverage, which the Bengals often did, tip balls at the line of scrimmage, bad things started to happen to Joe. And this game had all of those things. I rewatched the condensed version of this game, and you're just Joe was just right. He threw over 60 times in this game, and he's just firing balls. They're getting batted down left and right. Guys are running into double coverages and into you know tight zone windows, and he's just trying to fire it in there. And for most of the first half of this game and into the second half, they were just out of sorts, but you know, they got the ball at the beginning of the second half. They managed to score 10 unanswered points. And so the score was at this point, 15 to 10. Um, The Bengals got the ball and the Ravens forced them to punt. And so now we're all the way into the middle of the fourth quarter. So the Ravens get the ball back. I, I think it was around their 10 yard line. They convert a first down. They get a holding penalty on the first down and they ultimately are in a third and 14 situation on their own 20 yard line. And this is when the play happens in the, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Steve Smith, this is his opening game in Baltimore. He had had an average game to this point, dropped four, had four drops up to this point. Um, Flacco had been targeting him a lot, but again, Flacco had been throwing the ball all over the place. Um, so it's third and 14. Flacco drops back. The Bengals only rush three. Flacco steps up in the pocket and he starts going to the, to his left is waving his arm. A defensive lineman is chasing him and he manages to flip his hips and just launch the ball downfield. Like, you know, only Joe could do. 
And all of a sudden you see Steve Smith running wide open down the field. You see that play. And I, whenever Flacco moved to his left, it was death. And, and it just, it, it never worked out from the career. In fact, the mile high miracle game wouldn't have been the kind of game it was for the Ravens had there been an interception out of that ended up being out of bounds, fortunately by the, by the Broncos on a move where Flacco had rolled up, but there were so many plays in his career where he tried to go left, tried to reset himself, and it just never never really worked. This play is really one of the few where it did. And uh, I'm not saying he didn't have a few dump-offs to Ray Rice that were to that side, you know, off the things, but but in terms of ever getting a ball into the mid or long range, uh, moving his thought, that that was not Flacco's way of doing it. Other right-handed quarterbacks even who can, who can backpedal uh, a little bit to escape a, a, a pocket, like Brady could at one time, like Ben Roethlisberger could, they could extend plays and, and, and make them uh, outside of the pocket. It was not Fracco's thing going left, not at all. No. And he barely gets this throw off before the defensive lineman gets there, but he somehow manages the, the ball is placed perfectly in stride for Smith and he catches it in stride. And then the best part of this play and the thing that epitomizes Steve Smith is he turns around as he's running towards the end zone, sees Pac-Man Jones and he somehow just grabs him, just grabs him and just throws him down in front of him. And I, every time I see this play, I, I cannot for the life of me think of how this is not a face mask. It looks like he just grabs his face mask and throws it, but there's no replay that they show it from the front angle that I've seen it. And so and they don't throw a flag. So I presume he grabs him on his chest, but just the, the sheer will that he displays in this moment to, 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 to <laughs> to grab a 230 pound safety and just throw him with one arm in front of him and then score this touchdown and put the Ravens up by one in this opening game. Like it is just such an incredible play. Um, and it was so exciting in the moment. And then of course, sadly uh, the Ravens give up a 77 yard touchdown uh, two plays later yep. to AJ green. And he's covered by my other favorite obscure Raven, Chucky Brown, which I, I hadn't remembered. He was still on the team at that point. Yeah, Shockey would lose his spot on the team a little later that season by not yeah. being on the field on a on a uh, third and long play. Ravens got a sack anyway, but it's still the end of Shockey Brown. Yeah, but, but I jumped a little bit. I want you to comment on on Steve Smith's epic stiff arm. I, I it's it, 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 stiff arm is not even the right word for it. I mean, he, he yanked the guy down. I I, I jersey shoulder he had a little bit of everything as he went down but he flipped him across the front of his body which is just so unusual for a wide receiver to do that and and then of course he went in the end zone and then he starts uh, uh celebrating in a way that was very steve steve smith like and the crowd going wild it, it would have been probably you know remembered many times as often brought up many times as often had the ravens gone on to win this game and that's yeah. the case of a lot of these plays that were really special in Ravens history is, yeah, they weren't, they then weren't able to finish it off kind of thing. And, and uh, unfortunately this is one of those. And, and it was so quick. The transition was so quick. You mentioned it's, you know, there's a kickoff and then the second play from scrimmage after that uh, green has the touchdown and what a disappointing, you know, turn of events, but uh, they, they missed the two point conversion. They were up 16 to 15 at that point. And then uh, they gave the ball back. Yeah, they gave the ball back. I mean, I, Cincinnati converted the two points. So we were, they were up seven. Baltimore got the ball back and they drove down the field. But then Flacco took consecutive sacks, um, not quite in the red zone. And, and that ended the game. And, you know, they ended up th this was the first season of Kubiak 
as offensive coordinator as well. Well, the only season as offensive coordinator, and this was ended up being uh, Joe's best statistical season. So um, they were able to turn the season around and still had a pretty remarkable season. Um, the outcome of this game was disappointing, but it was great seeing Steve Smith. And, you know, in, in prepping for this, I just went back and looked at his numbers. He played three years in Baltimore from age 35 to 37, had a thousand years his first year. His second season, he had 670 yards through 70 games before, or through seven games rather, before he tore his Achilles. So he was on a torrid pace at age 36. And it was just remarkable that he even came back after the Achilles at age 37 to play as much as he did that last season in 2016. Yeah, the 2015 season, he had 9.2 yards per target. So that's right up there with the best Ravens years of all time. Three times in his career, he was over 10 yards per target, which is, that's that's really doing the job as a wide receiver. And uh, Flacco had a lot of short throws, and he was not conducive to producing high yards per target numbers for his yeah. receivers either. Yeah. I mean, Smith was one of those rare guys who – would go would go up and get the ball in traffic uh down the field as as you know 510 as a 510 receiver he 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 played the game much bigger than he was yeah absolutely one of the one of the great ravens that's for sure the 2014 season i'll i'll always share this kind of viewpoint with you is that it was a team that was just so close I mean, they were right there. They, they made do with a lot of things. C.J. Mosley was in his rookie year, and he was good. And they still had Daryl Smith. They had good inside linebackers. They had a lot of problems in the secondary with injuries. And it led to Rashawn Melvin playing a very key role down the stretch. Rashawn Melvin, by the way, will be remembered as a Raven probably for what happened in that playoff game at New England when he was toasted up pretty well by Tom Brady. But he had one hell of a stretch drive for the Ravens too. He played very well leading up to that game, and it's it's really a shame that uh, that that we remember him in the way we do. And incredibly, he's still in the National Football League. You know, it is now eight years have passed, and he he still played this last year. Wow, that that is incredible. I, I remember <laughs> I remember when he got elevated off the practice squad that year, and he he did to your point. Like down the stretch, he played pretty well. I mean, they were decimated by injuries in the secondary, but. Belichick and Brady exposed him in that playoff game. And you know, that that's, that's one of the, the tough, <laughs> the tougher playoff losses. They were up 14 to nothing and subsequently 28 to 14. And the Pats came back both times. Um, and, you know, Baltimore again had, had a chance at the end of the game. I think Flacco threw the ball to Steve Smith or uh, to Tory Smith and it was intercepted. Um, he was mm-hmm. double covered, but Man, that was a that was a tough loss, but that was a good team. Yeah, I, I need to correct myself. By the way, Rashad Melvin played in twenty one, did not play in twenty two. So he probably okay. is, he may have turned in his retirement paperwork by now. He may not have, but still a remarkable career. Uh, lots of lots of things to like about him. And that two thousand fourteen playoff loss at New England was one of the really tough ones to to take. And you know, you mentioned you know losing two fourteen point leads in that game. Of course, that New England team then had the Deflate Gate thing hanging hanging over their head the next week. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, of course, the Ravens' potential solution of it just just let the Ravens and Colts play for the AFC Championship. Sure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, anyway. Speaking of retirement papers, uh, in in doing some of the research on Steve Smith, I was reminded that when he reti- formally retired, he sent a note to go to the commissioner saying that he was, uh, he he you know he would formally stop antagonizing defensive backs. 
All right. Well, Brad, always a pleasure to talk football with you and, and remember a great moment from Ravens history. And hopefully this one will be one that, that you know, a lot of people have kind of forgotten by now and they got a nice reminder of it and a smile on their face. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you. Sure. I'm on Twitter at MC Bradley. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you want to do a That One Play episode, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I'll get right back to you. We'll be recording very quickly if you have a, a, an idea for anything that hasn't been covered so far. And there's a ton of plays that have been covered. There's another ton of plays that haven't been covered. Love to do more of this. Probably could keep this spotted in throughout the offseason. We're getting into draft season now, so it's going to be more content of that type. Uh, more reacting to free agency moves and and, and whatnot. Uh, but there'll be lots of opportunities this offseason for people to do this if if they'd like to. And I've really enjoyed these these episodes and these talks. Uh, and particularly with you, Brad, you've done two of these now and really appreciate it. Um, I hope you'll uh, take the opportunity to do another. If uh, Let a month or so pass and we'll, we'll get back together again. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Absolutely, Ken. I always... Uh, I'm always thinking of plays that give me an excuse to talk about other things related to the Ravens. In this case, just Steve Smith and how enjoyable he was to have on our squad. All right. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.